What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downside, episode 171. And today we are here with Miles Bautista. Miles, what's up, bro? What's up, Mr. Downstar? <laughs> Man, thank you for making it here today. I appreciate it. Cool. Thanks for having me. Uh, when you reached out to me, the first thing I, I thought of was like, Man, you make those cool hardware stuff. Yeah. Is that you? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, man. That's, that's pretty uh, uh, innovative. Thank you, bro. I, I, I like innovation. It. Thank you, man. Uh, you have a lot of innovation yourself. So uh, before we get into it, can uh, can you just give everybody a quick a quick uh, summary of who you are and what you do? Uh, my name is Miles Bautista. Uh I'm one of the few guys that has an AARP card when it comes to Honda incorrect wheel drive drag racing. There we and, go. Uh, that's about it. Uh, been involved with a lot of companies, uh, the Honda scene from the beginning. When uh, nobody believed in us, we just had to prove everybody wrong. Yeah. And uh, uh, we came out, you know. Probably one of the few guys out here that came up with a lot of stuff for the Hondas and made a company called Revhard, which is probably the number one most knocked off turbo kit in eBay now. Got it. And uh, everything in eBay was like, I can I can say that it was my design. And uh, I wish I knew how patents worked back in the days, but it is what it is. Uh, going going into the Honda scene, I can say that. Uh, when my parents bought me the Honda back in 89, I wasn't really into uh, racing or Hondas. I was into mini trucking. Mm. I, I drove an 81 pickup truck. Did it with, have uh, the, you know, the, the bed, the dance? I try, I almost got to that part. Yeah, I almost got to that part. I had, you know, four 12s in the back. Yeah. Center lines, 15 by 10. And, uh, but, you know, growing up in LA, I would say when. When my parents got me my 85 Honda HF, mm-hmm. bro, I think got almost 40 miles a gallon, right? Yeah. But when 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 my parents got me the 85 CRX, I think it, it growing up in LA, I think it saved my life. Really? Because you know, growing up, I grew up by Rampart. I don't know where you if you know the Rampart Police Station. Uh huh. Off Temple, okay. where, where all no. the you know where all the corrupt LAPD, Tupac, yeah, Biggie kind of. Thing, uh, I grew up around that neighborhood. Did that have to do with the uh, the L.A. riots? Well, there's a thing. Yeah, back in the '80s, growing up, you know, as a kid, you have to learn where to walk five blocks this way, five five blocks that way, and you know, you got to be involved in a clique, or you know, or it's the only way not to get bullied is you got to be involved in a group, right? So I was in trucking, my. Uh, my parents got me a Honda HF CRX, mm-hmm. and from th- that day, uh, we moved out of LA. I think uh, literally having that car saved my life because, you know, my truck had bashed windows, slashed tires every weekend. And when I got the CRX, I started fixing it up, and I said, "Oh man, I, you know, it's too expensive. It's going to get expensive if this car is going to get trashed every weekend." Yeah. You know? So so uh, uh, yeah, so- back on the the, the right stuff. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much LAPD is like everywhere, like where the riots, Rodney King riots happened, ninety two, ninety three. So, what city did you actually grow up in? LA. 
Okay. Right in the heart of LA. Uh, about uh, which which area? 101 and Rampart. 101 and Rampart. What are some uh, exits before or after that? I'm trying to think. You got you got Vermont. Okay. You got Vermont, uh, Silver Lake, Rampart, and Alvarado. Okay. LA. LA. Alvarado is where you used to buy all the fake IDs back in the day. <laughs> got you. All you right. Know? I know exactly where you're talking so about it, now. It, was a, it, it was a rough childhood growing up in that area. Uh, you got to be involved with gangs or, you know, is, and all that stuff. So Was that something that you participated in? Uh, yeah, actually. That's why I said, you know, having the CRX saved my life because I had a couple of friends that died growing up. Most of my friends in L.A., serve time yeah so when i when i got into street racing it kind of like took me to another path was um was that a reason that you guys moved out of la because things were getting bad yeah i think that's one of the reasons my parents moved us out out of the city and where'd you uh, guys end up moving to i ended up in monrovia monrovia Duarte, monrovia area got you so but my dad's had a my dad's had an auto body repair shop since 84 mm-hmm. in North Hollywood. Okay. So I spent most of my, my time, uh, I went to high school in, in, in North Hollywood, Grant High School. And I spent most of my time hanging out in my dad's shop. Mm. And that's where that's where all the wrenching and playing around with parts. I started a car club. Uh-huh. That's, that's where a uh, majority of the guys in the industry, like Kenji Sumino, Mike Chung, we're all in the same car club. Me Chu, Robert Chu. You know, that's where my dad gave us that place to to learn cars and and mess things up. Was that the Team Precision? Yes. Got you. Okay. That was it. Yeah, that was it. So this was when you got into Hondas or, or before that? Uh, no, this was when I got into Hondas. Okay. Uh, got away from the mini trucking. Got away from, you know, NWA stuff. <laughs> And started transitioning into Hondas, into you know, uh, Bobby Brown, Boys to Men, <laughs> lifestyle I change. Get, yeah, I gotta, I gotta stop listening to to Easy, you know, because Easy, Easy made you, made you think kind of. Yeah. So a lot of people have seen that, like straight out of Compton, and uh, you know, Boys in the Hood, and. Um, you know, menaces to society and things like that. Was it really like that back in the days? If you grew up in LA, it, 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 it is. It is. That's why, you know, it's like, that's why when we moved out, got into the car scene, it, it made it, I think it, it changed a lot of part of survival. Yeah. Me growing up and, and realizing that, you know, there's more important things. Yeah, no, definitely, man. So when you got these, uh, the CRX HF, um, was that a car that you wanted? No, actually, you know, my dad had a body shop, so I think a customer gave it to him as a payment. My dad, my dad's one of those guys that had an auto repair shop, but then you know, never got rich. Yeah, because <laughs> they always took you know, bounced checks and 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 a non-running car as a payment for the work that he just did. You know? Yeah. But but the CRX looked cool because he uh he uh actually fixed it up and it's like oh man you know I've, I've had that you know like so first thing I did is I I think I put uh four ten inch subs four 
Yeah, and, and Will Well. And it's only a two-seater, but yeah. I always had boys with me, so I'd fit that CRX with four people on a two-seater. <laughs> I have people lay, laying down on the, on the subs oh, sitting shit. back there. <laughs> We'd travel, you know, go to Santa Barbara. And yeah. We get far with that CRX. It's... Yeah, definitely. 40 miles to the gallon, you said. Yeah. Yep. So uh, what uh, what speakers were you rocking back in the day? Rockford Fosgates and MB Quartz. Got you. Okay. Nice. MB Quartz. That thing thumped. It thumped. Wow. So, Was MB Quartz a, a pretty prestigious brand back then? Yeah. Got you. MB Quartz, ADS amps. Yeah. I was really into sound system because coming from the mini trucking scene, you know, I, I, I was really into sound. I wasn't pretty much into engines yet. Yeah. Uh, I started fixing up the CRX when uh there's a night i was driving on the 110 and i got spanked by an 88 gti oh really yeah so after that i started fixing it up uh my uh girlfriend actually took me to to the street races mm -hmm. you know it's like probably 89 okay and uh maria street uh and that's when i started Street racing, I didn't win much in street races with the HF, I'll tell you that. But every weekend I was putting something new in that car. And it's like, you know, it's having, a, you know, the access to my dad's shop. Yeah. I was, I pretty much put everything in that car to try to make it go fast, but it didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> with, the H, with that 12 valve HF motor, CVCC. Yeah. It's like, damn, I, you know, I went from, I went from dual side drafts, changing cams every weekend, mm -hmm. ignition components, but I was still not winning. And I figured out the HS training wasn't good enough to, for drag racing. Got you. So, so did you know how to work on cars already because of your, uh, your dad having the auto body shop? Actually, no. Uh, when my dad had the shop, he had mechanics. Okay. So oh, every time you. I bought new parts, every time I bought parts, uh, I'd have the mechanics put it on, right? Nice. <laughs> so now every like, like, but there comes a point. There, like, there came a point in time where I think I was I bought a, a new set of camshaft again, and I'm waiting for my dad's mechanic to put it on, and I waited the whole day. I was like, man, there's this guy's not working on anything, but he doesn't want to doesn't want to touch my car, right? So I'm like, hey, you know, when are you going to put that on? He goes, oh, your dad told me not to do it. He goes, you got to learn how to do it yourself. <laughs> so from that day forward, you know, I started doing the wrenching part. And, and, and so when I asked my dad, he's like, hey, dad, how do you put this on? And he's like, you know, it's about time you, it's about time you try to <laughs> learn something. Yeah. And from then on, I, I, that's when I started working on cars and, and then me and the car club guys. We just used my dad's shop for everything. I mean, that's where we learned. That's, we we messed a lot of things up. Gotcha. You have Working to. On cars. You have to mess yeah. stuff up to know how uh, to to learn those lessons. Yeah. You know, put the oil in the right spot. <laughs> yep. So oh when when you get the the CRX, did you already have a car club then, or did that come after the CRX? It came after. Got you. So after. when did you realize that? There was an actual community for Hondas, meaning you can make a car club, go out to these 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 races and meets, and there's a separate like community for that. 
Uh, it was actually dur- during high school when 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 I got the car, we started going going to the to the beach. Uh, we had our own meets back here in in in, in the valley in okay. Silmar. They actually named one of the street tracks after us, Team Precision Track. No way. Uh, yeah, that's where we would meet because we found uh, another street behind uh, Roxford that that we started hanging out at, and everybody started going to that spot. So they named it, they named it the TP Track. Very you know? cool. Is this San Gabriel and, uh, or San Fernando? San Fernando. Okay, cool. San Fernando by Denny's off the five and Roxford. Gotcha. Silmar. Okay. Silmar. Uh, so that went on from from eighty nine. I quit street racing in '93 because uh, at that same TP track, my uh, my best friend got killed. Oh wow! The, the gangbangers, Asian boys gang, started. I guess they got bored. They got nobody to gangbang with, so they go to street races and start start their own. You know. Yeah. Look for to look for somebody to just do uh, do harm on. Wow, that's so unfortunate, man. It's I I hear so, yeah, that story that. a lot. I hear that there was a lot of uh, gangs involved in uh, in like the street racing and going to the meets and things like that. Yeah, and you know it's like it, it's 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 crazy because that's what I got out of. Yeah, I got out of that scene and 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 got a new hobby, made a new set of friends. Uh. It would have been it would have been a different night if if you know if that shooting happened close to me. It's, yeah, it would have been I'd probably be in jail. <laughs> yeah, I bet, man. Golly, so you you decided that the streets weren't for you anymore? Yeah, no more street racing. I quit. I, I, I laid low in the street racing, and that's when that's when uh, uh, battled imports. Frank started throwing events. Okay, and. Uh, when Frank threw the the battle of the imports, that's when I kind of like got my juice back from from going again. Now, battle of the imports started in '95, if I'm not mistaken. No, it started in '90. In '90. Yeah, '90, '91. Oh uh, wow! But the cars that Frank was into was mostly Datsuns and Rotaries. Those are the cars that dominated the that the battle of the imports back in the back in the days. Was the Rotaries? Gotcha. You can't mess with the rotaries for some reason. The rotaries are, you know, they're already deep in the in the eleventh, eleventh, mm-hmm. tenth. The rotaries and Datsuns, they're already in the eleventh at least, at least in the eleventh. So when we started the Honda scene, uh, me, Junior, Archie, Tony, uh, who else is in the Honda scene? There's, I, I, I heard from. Uh, from Bergenholtz, mm-hmm. uh, the guys he looked up to was Dean Hanano. Mm-hmm. Dean Hanano had the same exact car I did with, with the same setup, twin carbs. That car probably ran like high 13s. He was the only on Honda out there besides the rotaries and all that stuff. Got you. But but as far as Honda's going fast at battle, I would say there's only those four guys that started it. That's You can credit those four guys, us, from saving a bunch of Honda enthusiasts to knock off the time from 13-11s. Got you. Okay. Majority of the development that we we spent out of our own pocket with no YouTube. I mean, we spent a lot of money uh, trying to get to the 11s. Mm-hmm. 
So a lot of the generation after us that came in probably came in and jumped into the 11s. Yeah, okay. I get what you mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. So front-wheel drive cars, it's, it's, you know, that's why it's like, it kind of offends me when people build cars and they jump leaps and bounds, right? While we're people like me and the people that we've helped out throughout the years, you know, you go from 10s to 9s, 11s, 10s, 9s, and then 8s. It's like, it's progression. Yeah. So nowadays, man, you can look up, everybody has jump into the eights like oh yeah if i was i mean it's like yeah if i was to build a a race car right now i would have it in minds that this car is going to start off somewhere in the nines for sure because if it doesn't there's not really any point of even getting into it if you're going to be competitive you know unless i mean i don't want to say that because i don't want to discourage people from getting into it but you know, competitively, you're gonna mm-hmm. have to be in the nines when these guys are already going into the eights all motor. Like, yeah, you got to figure something out. So, do you feel like you guys didn't get the credit for um, setting the foundation? Uh, not those guys. I mean, because those guys, Archie, Tony, and Junior, they didn't make the company out of it mm. tony tony had his own auto repair shop but as far as archie and junior goes they didn't they didn't really benefit from it because they never started a company got you i ended up starting a company I, I i benefited from it i started a company back then yeah uh hold on no worries so i started a company back then when i started Revhard. i i benefited from it yeah because you know i turned Turned into a million dollar business in like five years gotcha. and, and all the, you know, all the turbo kits and all that stuff. But, uh, so those guys, they never really got the credit they deserve, even though, uh, we would go against each other. We, we start from the streets yeah. and, and we gave a bunch of people, a bunch of money to try to go fast. And, you know, we all started with RC engineering because we all cracking blocks, right? We're all cracking the Honda block. So, you know, if RC started doing the dowels, they put dowels on the sleeves, but it still cracks. Mm-hmm. So, and it's our own development and money that figured out why, how to make it last now. Mm, got you. You know, when, 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 when I first started JG, uh, JG Engine Dynamics, which is another guy that everybody should still give credit to, uh, because everybody went to him and they already had the secret combination. They already, we figured out the combination. And Javier provided all the resources, the shop, the dyno, all that stuff, right? But I, I, I don't believe that they've given JG enough credit. I mean, me and JG had a falling out yeah. after I worked for him when I started RevHard. Uh, but still, it's like you're not going to find a shop that gave you all the combination and let you use all the resources he has to go quick. So let's, yeah. let's definitely talk about, um, JG engine dynamics that comes up a lot in a lot of the podcasts that I do. So, um, tell me about it. What was your perception of the shop before you even started working there and then your history along with them and what you've seen come out of the shop? Actually, we can, we can, 
I can break it down. Uh, besides JG, the first people that really helped the Honda scene move up, uh, I would say John Conchaldi, mm-hmm. AEM. AM. Before JG existed, there was JG existed, but he was specialized in, in Datsuns. Got you. Javier was really big on Datsuns, L, L motors, you know, L26, L28, and all that stuff, yeah. old school stuff. But the the first or three, the first three guys that really did a lot of work with the Hondas was AEM, John Pinchaldi, RPS Automotive, which is Rob Smith, and I would say, you know, Bill Good from Good Good Performance. Good? How do you spell that? Good. G-U-D-E. Rest in peace, by the way. He just passed away uh, two months ago. Oh, wow. Rest in peace, man. But those are those are the three that really helped uh, develop a bunch of stuff for, for help, you know, Honda racers like us get to another level. I, I John Conchali used to tune my, my, my CRX before I, I went to JG and, and started brainstorming with JG of, hey, I'm cracking blocks. Gotcha. Figure out how to cement it weld it <laughs> back in the days yeah so what so was... before jg it was those three it was those three people that that was that got involved and that's break basically the team too is bill good dealt with the tony fuchs rob smith dealt with junior okay and i was like with aem and then started jg uh-huh when i first walked into jg i was having the block problems with uh when i first turbocharged my car so I was having block problems. So I went to JG. I was like, "Hey, I'm having problems splitting this block." And he's like, "Oh, we've done, we've done many high horsepower twin cam CC 1.6 motors." Mm-hmm. He's like, "We've done that. We, we we made like 400 400 horsepower." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, cool. Let, let's do it." Because you know, here's here's my idea. I've cemented it. The dowel pins didn't work. I've cemented it, but now I'm having cooling problems because I. You know, I submitted a whole block, so there's no there's no water circulation, yeah. right? So JG helped me out. We built that CC motor, and that's when we got the first notoriety of the world's fastest Honda. When I went twelve twenty one hundred eighteen. Wow. That's when uh when they they corrected it. Mike Ferrar corrected it twelve to a eleven eighty pass. And uh, I think that's when Mike put a big target on my head after that because once you put you know world's fastest honda everybody's gunning for you now that was you in know? turbo magazine yeah i think this is it oh sick that was a crx nice so you got jg on the side precision on the yeah. aem on the hood just just AEM. oh that's two precision yeah and then aem and just i just had those two yeah jg and aem World's first 11-second Honda. Got you. Okay. So now when that we when we ran that, that was that was, uh, you know, back in the days we we go home with like a $200 price and a and a $25 plaque, right? Yeah. So between the fast guys, between you know me, Junior, and Archie, we would always have side bets going oh, okay. on at the track because you know that the, the money is just not there. This yeah. is just for pure pure passion you know so yeah that was it when i ran that day when i ran that and and junior already had his car on the trailer yeah 
because back then it was bracket racing, and then we get to do uh, exhibition passes to try to be who's the fastest and who's the quickest. Gotcha. So we'd have like a pool of money between all the Honda guys. And, and Junior would be like, Junior had it, he went at 1230 that day, put his car on the trailer because nobody can touch it. Nobody can touch it at 1230 time. Yeah. And here we are, we're waiting for our moment to, you know, he's like, hey, give me the money, you know, give me the money. I'm like, <laughs> bro, we're still in line. We're still in line, you know. So sure enough, I make that pass. We go one twelve twenty one, and, and and you can hear it. My buddies are all saying, "Junior's like, get the car off the trailer." <laughs> so that's you know, it, it was it was fun. I mean, like you know, it it almost came down to brawls, brawls all the time. Really? But yeah, it's 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 it. Man, I tell you what, man, with all these camera phones laying around now. Me, Archie Jr., and, and, and those guys won't be won't be around. Like, you know? Yeah, I was reading one of your uh your articles that you had. I think it was on Super Street where you were saying that um, you know, there was a lot of violence in the street races, so Frank Choi opened up the battle, but then it almost turned to a couple fist fights out there. Yeah, I was a I was a hothead, you know. I mean I, I grew up, I was a hothead. I mean there's a couple of guys that I think there's one time at the battle I asked Jeremy Lukowski. Yeah. Because, you know, me and Tony were going at it and, and Jeremy went in my face and I'm like, you know what? I'm a good friend with Frank, but if you want to handle this down the street at the Chevron, you know, we can take it right now. Yeah. Uh, but maybe that's why I got two girls. My God gave me two daughters for a reason. <laughs> yeah, I, I right. My boys would have been. Ed Bergenholtz. Ed Bergenholtz, when, when you know, it's only cheating when you get caught, right, in racing. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the advantages I've had, you got to study everything about racing, how the clock works and all this stuff. So for my dad having a body shop, I actually started all that canard stuff yeah, in front yeah, of the yeah. car. Okay. Go over a, a what, little bit more. There you go. Okay, you guys you see, see all the, the canards. canards. Well, how I make it longer and low. Got you, and got all you. The, all, all the, you know, when 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 they teach you the trick about staggering tires. Yes. So that you don't you don't start the clock right away. I did all that. And that was in the nineties. Gotcha. Now people are starting to now people are starting to implement again with the, with the low side skirts and the and those things in the front. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sofa, yeah. Right. So I started all that, and and when I went ten forties. They never counted all my records because they can't imagine a front-wheel drive car doing 1.4, 1.5, 60 foot. Yeah. And and I would hit it, but I, I'd never back it up that day. So at that one time when I went 1043, I got you got you got Ron Bergenholtz. I think this is this pass right here. Okay. So that's you and then that's Ron. And Ed. Or yep. Ed. Okay. Yep. So Ron too, after I made that pass. Started coming up to me like, you cheater, you cheater, you, you cheat. And I'm like, Ron, you better like step back, step back, son. You know, you know, you don't have your Vietnamese boys backing you up. Step back. So that's what he said. You know, almost come, came into blows. There's many times it almost came into blows. I love you know? it, man. It's, it's the passion, dude. Yeah, it's the yep. passion over it. You know, you spend all these late nights in your garage working on the car and getting ready for the event. Of course, you're gonna be your your passion is gonna be flowing, man. I I can't believe that 
really the passion of uh, there's a, a time during during one of those races where we were having transmission problems mm-hmm. going in. So me, Kenji, and Mike Chung, Kenji, the president of Gretti, yeah, we took apart that tranny at ten thirty at night. We took it apart probably like six, seven times, put it in the car, and everybody was waiting for us in the parking lot because we're supposed to be at battle. Yeah, and that's passion right there when you go 24 hours straight trying to figure out a problem and, and you couldn't, you know, at the, I probably won't last now <laughs> doing yeah. that. That's passion. That's it's, it's, I, I made a lot of friendships, friendships along the way. So there's a lot of people in the industry. If you ask me about somebody in the industry, I can probably give you a story about them. Like, you know, so, uh, were you and, uh, you and Kenji really good friends? Yeah, they're actually uh, they're all the best men to my wedding. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. I love Kenji, so. man. You know, I really respect him and and his uh, his place in the industry right now. You know, the conversations that I have with him behind the scenes, he just gives me such a good outlook on things, so positive. And for him just to still be killing it, you know, SEMA two thousand nineteen. He he's been in the industry for so long, and the new chassis that came out was this the Supra. And his was the mm-hmm. best. Out of all the Supras at SEMA, his was the best. I got And that's lot, great. Me and Kenji have a lot of history. I used to work for Toy Sport. Mm-hmm. I, I did side jobs for Toy Sport. I did all the installation for the for the Tech 2 system, fuel management, all that stuff. So that's when I met Kenji at Toy Sport. Gotcha. This was uh, right after Ian died. So it's like 93. Okay. And... Uh, he saw my car set up and Toy Sport just finished doing a car for him. They put the CC motor, twin cam, small turbo. I'm the one that tuned it, but it wasn't that fast. Mm-hmm. But he spent he spent a lot of money. So after he drove my car, that's when Kenji started hanging out with me, hanging out my dad's shop. I completely redid his setup. And I can't believe up to this day, if you get Kenji to work on a project with you, he's always, he's always all in, you know? Yeah. So. He's very dedicated, man. Great dude. Yeah. I, I love, I love his passion. And it's like, I took him, I took him to the, to the Eibach meet two years ago. Okay. He hasn't, he hasn't gone and he hasn't been around Honda in, I would say, 10 years, maybe mm-hmm. since, since building EM, you know, 99 SI kits. Yeah. He hasn't been around Honda uh, for a while. So I say, hey, come with me to the Eibach. Eibach meet, you know. And uh, he came with me to Eibach meet. He saw all the cars of, of how clean everything was and everything, right? And uh, two weeks later, he freaking sent me a picture. Look what I bought. <laughs> and I'm like, this guy. I mean... It must be nice. It must be nice. I said I'm, I'm still trying to build a drag car for my daughter. Yeah. I I, I started a ninth gen project, ninth gen Civic oh, project cool, for cool, my cool. daughter. Bro, I started that when she got her license in high school. Yeah. My older daughter just graduated from oh. university, and I'm still working on the car. <laughs> and here's Kenji buys a car two weeks within a year. He's already at the Eibach meet with. All the goodies, you know. That car is amazing, man. I so, love that car. Yeah. So 
uh, Kenji's passion is is I don't know how he does it. It's just it's just something about the the Japanese culture. Definitely, just, the work ethic, the work ethic. You know. Yeah. And so it, yeah, Kenji. We have a lot of stories. Uh, so when I finished building his car back then, he had a he had a DX Civic. Gotcha. And I I took him to the street races, and Kenji would like you know Kenji would like be all scary because you know he's like. He knows we got gun here, gun there, and, you know, because we got to be safe now. After my my friend got killed, so I yeah. took him to street races and we're all strapped. And he would never, he would never want to drive his car. Every time we set up a race, we'll have one of our friends drive it. Yeah, right. And 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 Kenji, you could break down at three, four in the morning. I'll break down. Our, our friends would break down LAX. Kenji would come help us out and he lived in Tustin. Wow. He would come help us out, use his AAA plus card and all that stuff. And then when we used to work at my dad's shop, mm -hmm. he used to work for Boeing. So my dad's shop's in North Hollywood. He, he would leave my dad's shop three, four in the morning. He'll go home to Tustin and go to work at Boeing in Long Beach. Oh, at wow. seven, eight o'clock. That's, that's, that's how, that's how passionate he is. It's just, man, I, I, I wish I got his whatever gene of, yeah. <laughs> of working because that, you know, I was lazy because I had my dad. <laughs> yeah, I feel you, man. Big shout out to Kenji, man. It shows that the hard work really, really does pay off, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so um, let's get back into uh, into JG. So they you took your car in there. They they uh said that they could do some work on it how did you end up working for them so right so i took i took the car to jg and told him all my problems and he's like oh i've done many of those motors already right yeah so after i made that pass the phone started ringing off the hook one engine builds after another coming in it, it, the phone literally rang off the hook right so a few months in JG, we're taking all this business in from from that from that run. Everybody's trying to go 11s. That's when everybody. That's why I said like everybody just jumped into the 11s because everybody hung out at JG and they yeah. found out what combination, right, to break into the 10s. Mm -hmm. And a few months, probably close to a year into it, I'm like, then I realized I was like, wait, Harsh, I ran this number. I'm the only car running for you. Yeah. Where's all those cars that you said you built? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you hear about them on the streets or something? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So basically, I was the guinea pig. Gosh. I was the guinea pig that gave them all the ideas. Yeah. The, before we had connecting rods, it was pricey to buy connecting rods, right? Yeah. So I'm the one that told them the combination that the B-series rods, which is beefier than the 1.6s. Uh-huh. Can be used on the 1.6 motors. Okay, got you. We sold. He sold a bunch of those motors, like built that way, because those things shot pin can handle 375, 400 horsepower. So he sold a lot of 1.6 motors that can take 400 horsepower. So this shop, they were building. They were just a motor building shop, and then you came, and then they started focusing on Hondas. The Honda. Yeah. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that that took off the Honda. His Honda engine stuff took off. Uh, they were mostly Datsun L L motors, but when we started playing with the Hondas, 
we we got the right combination. Uh, it's one of the things to uh, back then we only had Turbonetics. Okay. As a turbo supplier, there's no Garrett, there's no Borg Warner, no Precision. It was only Turbonetics okay. and old Garrett stuff, old Garrett stuff. So, I I have a guy uh, that worked for Turbonetics, Chris Weisberg. Mm-hmm. He's the one that kept on building me turbos. Let me know how that works. Build turbos. Let me know how that works. I mean, I don't have an engineering degree, mm-hmm. but I'm the guy that would always keep on trying it, right? Mm-hmm. So let's, you know what, let's step back a couple of years while I ended up with the company. Sure. We're looking at all the carboy magazines. Oh, there's a turbo, HKS, HKS turbo kit. Yeah. So I buy an HKS turbo. It's made by Garrett, but HKS, uh, labeled HKS on it for my CC motor. And the turbo had water, water lines, water, water inlet outlet. Yeah. I'm like, where do I put that? Right. I mean, I can make everything, but I don't know where to put that. Mm-hmm. So I took, I took that turbo setup, took it to Ack Miller and Pico Rivera. Okay, everybody, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be back in one minute. We all know that there's tons of places you can buy your car parts at, but when you really need help, who's in your corner? When you need parts for your Honda, you need to visit HeelToeAuto.com. Since 2002, Heeltoe has built a reputation for service and support. Let me repeat that, guys. Since 2002. It's 2020 right now. That's a long time of experience, man. These social media slingers and copycat web stores can't match Heeltoe's professionalism. Heeltoe even offers a complete OEM store for all your genuine parts needs. Whether it's for show, race, or just a badass daily, remember that HeeltoeAuto.com is in your corner. And guys, if you're on Instagram, make sure you check them out at Heeltoe Automotive. Please, please go to their page right now, add them, and comment that you heard them on Downtime with Downstar podcast. Next up is Downstar. Downstar is the premium leader in dress-up hardware and engine bay accessories. We have all the nuts and bolts for all your screwing and nutting needs. From engine kits, transmission kits, mount kits, clutch lines, brake kits, t-shirts, skateboards, hats, lighters damn we got it all we we actually have too much guys so if you can please come over and buy some stuff at downstarring.com or check us out at instagram at downstar make sure you give us a follow now back to the show ack miller was one of the turbo gurus back in the days old school guys they did the turbo pintos they did the air the propane propane powered propane right propane powered i almost went propane (laughs) Propane-powered cars, uh, they, ha- they held the record for a Hyundai on Pikes Peak okay. for a front-wheel drive car. So I said, I'll take it to these guys because I don't know how to hook up this turbo. The water line's on the turbo. I know everything else. So I take it to Ack Miller, brought him the HKS turbo, picked up the car after two weeks, had a $2,800 bill mm-hmm. just to put on the turbo and get it running and all that stuff, right? Blow through carbureted, by the way. I was running twin side drafts. Oh, shit. Took it home to my dad. Uh, took it home to my, my dad's shop. And I look, I'm like, that's not the turbo I brought him. That's not the HKS turbo. Uh-huh. Right? So I look, and it's like this guy put like a T25, T25 Garrett in it. Smaller than the T3 turbo that came from HKS. Yeah. So I call him up. I'm like, eh, 
I was like, that's not the turbo I brought you. He's like, oh, that turbo's too big for your setup. It's too big for your setup. So that's why we gave you the Pikes Peak combination turbo. Yeah. That, that's a better setup for your car, a T25. I'm like, okay. You know, hey, you guys know what you're talking about. You guys hold the record for Pikes Peak. You know, you, um, I don't know nothing. Yeah. And I, and I look, the water lines wasn't hooked up. Oh, shit. That was the whole problem. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, the only reason I paid $2,800 is because I wanted to know where that, how that water line hooks up. I know everything else. Yeah. He goes, you don't need it. So that's a bad taste in my mouth, right? Yeah. I'm like, damn. So, like, I completely redid that turbo setup. And uh, so going back to Chris at Turbonetics, he's the one that always made me a combination of turbos, and I would try it every weekend. It works. It works. It works. Until eventually I ended up working for Turbonetics in 2001. Okay. The engineers there. They always follow the turbo maps and they would always tell me that's the turbo that would work for that car, for the Honda. Mm -hmm. But they didn't know the VE, the volumetric efficiency on, on, on the Hondas. It's like not the same as the old V8s. I think the V volumetric efficiency on, on the V8s back then was probably 70%. Okay. Where on the nine, on the Hondas, they're 90% and up because of the VTEC combination stuff they couldn't if if i didn't test the turbos and just went along with the with the mapping that the engineers went yeah nobody would be running gt45s now nobody would be running these humongous turbos on a honda now they'd still be stuck in a t3 t4 so you were basically doing r&d for turbonetics early on yeah, when it was just a small mom, mom's and pop shop. It was just owned by uh, by Bob and uh, Bobby. And, uh, you know, it was a small mom's and, mom's and pop shops, Turbonetics back then. They're, they're the only one that catered to high-performance turbos. So so back to JG, Yeah, here I am testing turbos. And, and that's the thing. When Chris, Chris hit me up, he's like, hey, one of the wicked guys wants to buy the turbo combination. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I was like, Chris, do me a favor. Just let me, let me just enjoy this moment right now. Yeah. Don't sell that turbo combination that we found, you know? Because you had the perfect it. combo. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, there's, there's a time where, where I could have dominated. This was 94, 95, 96. I could have dominated that time frame, but the only problem with my CRX at that time, especially with the B series motor, was the custom axles. Oh god. We didn't have custom axles. So from 94, 96, I've always held the fastest mile an hour record at battled imports. And the only reason that that CRX didn't really dominate the ET is because I can't launch it the way I have to. Because mm. the axles I made always broke yeah that, that always broke and, and, and everybody everyone you know we started with 20 inch slicks junior started with 20 inch slicks and we're like what the heck is that it was a road race slick right yeah and he and archie street race and he spanked archie on radials yeah and the funny thing is the first time we saw we saw junior with a 20 inch road race slicks like he the kind of tire he has right like 
Is that gonna work? Yeah. I was like, that thing is, you know, low profile, slick, twenty inch tall. Yeah. I'm like that ain't gonna work. Junior kicked our ass at the street races, and pay up. Yeah. So ever since then, we looked for that twenty inch road <laughs> race slick. Everybody, everybody had a, a set of slicks at the street races. You know, wherever we went, we had slick. We slicked down. Yeah. And that's when, when, when everybody slicking down, when, when everybody started putting slicks at the street races, that's when the Hondas. Mm, okay. That's when the Hondas took off against against the all-wheel drive talents, Supras. Yeah. The Rotaries. Yeah. You know, back then at the street races, you got the Rotary guys and the Eclipse guys. It's like, there's no Hondas that's going to beat a, there's no Honda ever going to beat a real-wheel drive car. Yeah. You know? So, but the, the slick. Once we slicked down, it, it was a different, different scene at the street races. It's, and that same time at the racetrack, my CRX could have could have dominated with that combination if I'd never broken. You know, if if I had if I had drive shot shot, if I had Frank rehack rehack at that time. Yeah. Game over. Game over. So now Chris sold that one turbo to. Uh, so wicked guy. Okay. They, David Chi actually. And I told him, don't sell it yet. I was like, don't sell it yet. Like, just let's just enjoy the moment. And sure enough, when when Chris sold that turbo, everybody jumped into the eleventh. Like, done. That's the perfect package. Everybody, yeah. Yeah. Now, was that uh, Frank from Blocks? Which one? The actual the, guy. The one? No, the one that. Uh, that got the uh, Dave, excuse me, Dave. Dave Shee from Blocks. Okay, got you. Dave, Dave Shee from Blocks. Because back then it was just me, uh, Archie Jr., mostly me and, and uh, JG, and, and, and Dave came down. Uh-huh. Dave Shee came down. And, you know, Dave's got loot. So I remember I remember when, when, when he first came in. Yeah. I actually had one of my first 88 CRX. I got an 88 CRX with the first 1.8 motor, turbocharged. He came in there. He test drove it with Javier. And Javier claimed that he did all the work to it, right? But it was actually done at my dad's shop, Man Auto Works, because I used to promote Man Auto Works before I had RevHard. But I, I, I helped out, worked at JG, so I had my cars there. So when, when Dave She came down, he just, you know, he put probably like 10, 10K on the table. I was like, I want everything that... That's on that setup, mm. and that's why when when we did the we did the B series swap on Dave, she did the turbo kit, and the funniest thing is uh, Javier claimed he did all the work there when he showed that to Dave. He claimed all the work for it, right? So when they did the swap, they ended up calling me. He said, "Hey, Miles, what? Dave's car? We put it all together, but the wheels doesn't want to spin." And what's happening was back then, the DX, the CX, and then the SI, the back of the knuckle, the hubs on the DX, okay. it's, a small, it's a small surface. So when you tighten the axle on the knuckles, yeah. when you tighten the axle, it locks the axle up on the, on the hub, on the knuckle. Got you. So they called me up like, hey, we finished Dave's car, but it doesn't want to, it's stuck. Yeah. I was like, damn, Harv's. I, th- I thought, you know, I heard you You told Dave that you did all that setup on my car. So now you, why are you guys calling me <laughs> trying to figure out what's wrong with that car, right? So after that happened, the whole Wicked crew from Ed Bergenholtz, Ron, Charles, 
those that crew just jumped into the 11s out of nowhere. Like, but it's all because of the setup that came out of JG. Now, Dave, he's uh he's from NorCal. Yeah, Dave, she's from NorCal. Got you. Yeah, I'm not very familiar with him. Um, besides, you know, just knowing blocks from being around. Um. So. What made? Oh, it's so crazy. What made uh, JG like the shop? Was it? Was it this? These turbo kits that brought the popularity. It was the engine packages. J, JG did a lot of cylinder heads and ported throttle body. Got you. Okay. Yeah, it was mostly the engine packages, and I was the one that was supposed to provide the turbo kits for those engine packages. Uh huh. Until. Javier decides he can do it, you know, on his own. And that's when I started RevHard. Okay, so when did you leave JG? Uh, me and Javier had a falling out in 98 when I built my Integra. When, okay. After right, I built this Integra with the H22 in it. Okay. Oh, nice. So that package with the H22... Made the most horsepower. We were like an H22 battle. We were just doing engine swaps, bigger, bigger, bigger. So it was me, Viet, Charles, and Steph. Uh-huh. All on the H22 package. And uh, we're always like in a horsepower competition. And, and when we got the Dino JG, we got a Dino Jet. Javier's Dino. I think at that time, this was, uh, this should be like 98. Okay. Uh, 90-97-98-I-think-the-most-power-we-were-making-was-600-that-made-the-most-horsepower-compared-to-staffs-and-all-that-stuff-made-600-80-horsepower-and-at-that-time-what-JG's-Dino-the-more-people-you-put-on-the
So here I am now. I'm racing, trying to represent the company. And Steph tells me, and Ralph tells me, he goes, your motor, I think, is blown up. It's because we're putting it out of combination of parts we have laying around that blew from blew up. You know, the motors that blew up. So me and Javier at the track, we almost went at it. I almost, I almost throw him under the bus in front of everybody. I'm oh, like, wow, because he's like telling people that I owed him money, mm. you know, for all the motors that he's built for me. I'm like, I was like, you wouldn't even want me to tell, you know, tell the world what, what, what you did and what you did to me. So I started Rev Hard. And that's when uh, Rev Hard took off. It, it took off. I wasn't even really going to get in the industry. Yeah. That's why when you talk about the Rodney King riots. Yeah. I was actually, I, ha I, have, my, my, I have an AA degree in criminal justice. Oh, wow. So I was going to be a cop. LAPD. Oh, wow. But after going through the, you know, the college stuff and, and I was on my second interview, first interview when the Rodney King riots happened in 93, 92. And after that, it's like, man, who wants to be a cop now? You know, like, yeah, definitely. Nobody, nobody's got, nobody's got respect for cops, in, in, you know, in the 90s. Yeah. So Rev Hard came about, I bought it from the bad experience from Ack Miller. Spent all that money there, and then I bought a turbo manifold from Drag. Okay, you heard of Drag? I I never heard of them before. They're they're actually one of the first guys that made turbo kits for the Hondas. Okay, so I go to Drag. I I, I ordered a manifold, manifold. four hundred fifty bucks. Okay, let me know when it's done. I go to Drag, paid four hundred fifty bucks for a log manifold, mm -hmm. and log meaning. Man, they didn't even put any effort trying to make the airflow come mm. out to the turbocharger. It's just really elbow here, elbow here, and they bought that pipe T, the T pipe that just <laughs> yeah <laughs> went straight through. Right, go home, uh, go back to the shop, show it to my dad, and my dad's like, "We paid four fifty for that." Yeah, it's like he's like, "We could have made that here, right?" And, and back then, I I didn't have any welder. I only had a acetylene welder. Mm -hmm. So I made Kenji's turbo kit, Mikey's turbo kit. I did all that piping stuff out of acetylene welder on the piping. Yeah. All that's the downpipe is acetylene welder. Yeah. So my dad's like, 450 bucks for this? Like, really? Like, we paid $2,800 to install a turbo and they lead us the wrong direction. And then we paid $450 for a turbo manifold and it looks like crap. Yeah. I said, let me try to do one. So I bought my. I bought my first welder in 94, 95 and made my own turbo manifold. Uh -huh. And just by directing the airflow of that turbo manifold, uh, I think we had like 20 horsepower gain, 30 foot pounds of torque nice. at the boost level that we were running. So I'm like, Hey, I'm like, this works. So I started making all the turbo kits for my crew at first. And then uh, that's that's how we started getting bigger because the guys I turbocharge, I quit street racing already, but the guys that I work on are a bunch of street racers. Got you. So they would go street racing on a the weekend. They'd win a race at Gardena. And yeah. sure enough, that following week, that same guy they beat would be going to my shop and saying, hey, I lost to this guy. Can I want the same turbo setup. So that's when I started doing all the turbo kits. 
So, so you went from wanting to uh, get a turbo kit for your car. You bought the uh, the log manifold. It wasn't up to your par. You decided I'm going to make my own, and that's where Revheart started from. Yeah, that's when that's when we I started getting business from it, doing it one at a time, and then got, came to a point where, damn, I can't keep on making this turbo manifold. So I ended up casting it. Mm -hmm. I actually, ended up molding that actual design, which came from a tubular design. I cast I. I molded, I got it molded, I got it, I got it casted. And so that cast manifold for the B series, that's, it's so terrible now because even the one on eBay still has my part number in it. No. Like, yeah, all the people that knocked out my stuff, there's, <laughs> you see RH. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing is everything you see on eBay that started a turbo manifold kit business, look at, pay attention to eBay. There's Rev9, there's Rev High, there's Rev, right? I trademarked Revhard, so they couldn't really copy the Rev, but I didn't patent the, the manifolds. I should have patented all that design. So I casted that, and uh, I ended up selling it to Turbonetics, ended up selling it to Drag, all the, all the manifolds. That's that's when Revhard took off. Like, What year was that um, that, that you started was, the company? I started Revhard 97. When okay. I put JG, I put JG around 97. Around '97, we started that, so, so it quit. was a good, it was a good run. You quit, started that, and then um, you worked at Turbonetics at the same time as you were working as you were doing Revhard. Yeah, yeah. So like when when Revhard was was already up and running, balls rolling. Uh, I wanted to learn more stuff about the turbo turbo stuff, so I worked for Turbonetics. I was, I was one of their, their tech guys and, and R&D guys. Gotcha. And uh, so that time, a 2000, from that time span, 1999 to 2001. Yeah. All the fast guys in the import scene are running Turbonetics. There's no Garrett. There's no Precision. There's Turbonetics is it. If you, look at, if you look at a handful of guys, and that's because the combination of turbochargers that I came up with. Yeah. You know, the Kenny Tran... Lisa Kubo, Chris Rado, uh, East Coast guys, uh, all Turbonetics. Mm -hmm. And and that's why uh, Turbonetics was one of the only, if the only turbo company that really had trackside support. And then everybody else just kind of like bit their stuff and developed from there again. You know, like, like the people going 11s. Same thing with the turbo manufacturer. Garrett, Precision, Borg Warner got into it and they already know which combination works and that's what they improved on. Got you. So that's why now you got 1,500 horsepower Hondas. Yeah. So, you know, but with us, uh, main problem with us back in 2000 was transmission because we, you know, we were already making well over 800 horsepower in 2001. Wow. But, we didn't have you know, axles. We, we barely, you know, we, we found the right combination of axles. Frank Rehack from Drive Shop Shop. Yeah. I first came to Frank. His shop was like, in New York, was like a little hole in the wall. Uh-huh. Uh, it must be like, it's probably like maybe 2,000 square feet. And he uh -huh. was just doing regular remanufactured re axles and all that stuff. Uh, so, Frank, I'm sending Frank all my broken axles. Every week, develop, hey, Frank, you know, what do you think about this hub, that? I'll send him all my spool. And Frank found the right combination. So now we're not breaking axles no more. 
but now transmission. <laughs> Shit. So we didn't have a tranny guy at that time. And that's where, that's where, that's so, where it held us from, from reaching that, you know, we were 2001. I was already going 165 miles an hour. I had the record for for fastest Honda at six, 165. And what and, setup and was this? This is uh this is a uh, um, a Gary Kubo. Gary Kubo built me an LS VTEC okay. setup. And and yeah, that one hit 165 and and at first at 161 and everybody's like that can't be real, you know, yeah. at Palmdale. We're going 161 to Palmdale. Uh-huh. Gary freaking Gary's like one of the smartest guys I know and goes, "I think we can go faster tomorrow." Yeah. Like, Looking at the time slip, next I backed it up with 165, oh, and it's like, shit. oh, like 165. It's like the funny thing is that coupe that I had, the drag coupe I had, always mile, uh, always took the mile an hour, but I couldn't et it for some reason. It's, I just couldn't get the right combination, you know. Now tell me a little bit about Gary Kubo. Um, what what is his part in the industry? One of the smartest engine builders there is. Really. Gary does not sleep. Me, me and Lisa, we, we teamed up. In 2000, we teamed up. We, we formed MBLK. Okay. And we 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 were one of the most dominant teams back then. MBLK? MBLK. Lisa Kubo Racing. And we were, we were, we were the hot ticket. And, and that's, I think, the biggest mistake we made uh, is when... You know, when you're when you're on top, everybody wants to ride your bandwagon. Everybody wants to be part of you. And I'm pretty sure Lisa can agree to this. The mistake we had was when we were doing so well as a team, we should have at least tried it for more than two years. Mm-hmm. What happened was when we were doing so good, we won our races, we won our championships. Saturn, GM. Yeah. Saturn offered Lisa and Gary a job. And at the same time, I got offered by Turbonetics to drive this thing right here. Oh, wow. This was supposed to, this is the first import that went 200 miles an hour. And Whoa. I was supposed to drive that. Yeah. But due to politics, I didn't get to drive it. Right? Uh, some controversy with the guy that was building it for Turbonetics. Uh, we can go. We can go talk about that too, because that's what made me walk away from Turbonetics. Yeah, out of a big deal. But uh, yeah, so me and Lisa were doing good. She got offered a job by GM to drive the Saturn car. I got offered a job to drive that car. And we're like, man, we're gonna get paid, and we don't have to work on cars. Like, sign me up. Yeah. So that's the thing I can offer advice to guys these days. If you're doing good. Would you, the way you're doing it, keep doing it the way you're doing it. Whoever offers you and flashes you a carrot, take their money, but still do you. Still yeah. do, still do what you do. Don't 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 sign a contract and stop what you're doing. Yeah, because I think that 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 moment is is the progression on the Honda scene. That's it. It kind of put a halt. On our on our on our progress. When the other just... company started coming in. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so GM paid Lisa and Gary to drive to build a car, Saturn car. 
and as soon as they hit the first seven second front mile, front wheel drive, what, what do you think they did? Okay, we don't need you no more. They hired the cheaper drivers and the cheaper crew. Ah, gotcha. So that's what I think Gary now is kind of like has a bad taste in his mouth with this industry. Yeah. So now they're into bodybuilding and, and, and health and fitness. Is <laughs> health he uh, is stuff. he not at uh, Skunk 2 anymore? No, no. Okay. No, he left Skunk a couple of years ago. Gotcha, gotcha. That's the last After, that I heard uh, that he was at Skunk. Yeah, everywhere Gary got involved, you can tell he's special. Mm -hmm. Everywhere Gary Kubo got involved, that team set a record and did something, something amazing. Because after that scene, he did the Saturn first seven second car. After Saturn, they, you know, they don't, they're not paying them no more. So he works for Chris Rado. Yeah. Chris Rado dominated the the time attack scene. Chris Rado got out of the the drag scene, and when it went into time attack, and they he dominated that scene. And then Gary goes to work for Acufab. Okay. They couldn't break the five second barrier. Gary goes in there and tells them, well, you guys are short. You need to add another gear. Add a fifth gear. And they're like, what? They go add a fifth gear and they became the first five-second door slammer. Damn. And then after that, somebody offers them, Dave offers them a job at Skunk. Yeah. Uh, Dave tried to build a car back up again to yeah. go in the all-motor thing. Yeah. And, and then now, you know, with Gary there, they go run 165 mile an hour all motor. Yeah. And I don't know what happened. Gary left after that because he, he got into Lisa's uh, health and fitness body. Body. Gotcha. body. Girl, she's like, you know, all yoked yeah. up, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I saw Lisa maybe a couple years ago at an IBOC meet. And yeah, she could definitely beat my ass for sure. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had a good team. We had, a, we had an awesome team. And that's, you know, I, I have a lot of regrets, but, you know, that's. It is what it is. It happens for a reason. Uh, that's when I walked out. That's all that stuff built up. At that time in 2003, that's when I, I walked out of the industry. 2003. Okay. I wanted to get to yeah, that. Um, there's a couple things that you touched on um, in this podcast and in uh, past interviews that you've done. Uh, you said about politics. And I remember you said something about you know, politics coming in and rev hard stickers not being displayed when it was your kid and other. So talk, talk about a little bit of that, because um, I still see stuff like that going on to this day. You know, whether I'm involved or I just see it going on. Um, tell me about how that led to you not wanting to be part of the industry anymore. So. It was a combination, 2003 when I quit, it was a combination of, I just realized now thinking about it, it was a bunch of combination of different things. Uh, GM got in. Mm -hmm. G GM got in and, 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 you know, it's like, we don't have transmissions. So if you break a tranny, you have 45 minutes to, to put the car back together. Okay. And GM comes in with a big rig full of motors and transmissions. It, and they they're changing their motors and transmissions every round wow so for us with no backing with little sponsors we, we got sponsors but it's not the kind of backing gm has right uh that's when i'm like man i 
I don't think I'd want to compete in here no more, you know? Like, yeah. uh, I wouldn't want to compete. And then, and then I was supposed to drive the Celica back into the politics on that one. So the guy that was building the Celica was from Florida. Uh-huh. And as soon as we got the okay for testing, I went to Roy Hill Drag Racing School. I went 780, 189 on a Mustang on a drag school. I was about to test this car. And we got a call from Florida saying that the guy that was working on the Celica mm-hmm. had a rap sheet. Mm. He had, you know, convicted felon, you know. So we have a meeting at Turbo Analytics. Hey, uh, bad news. The guy that's working on the car has got a, he's got a record. So to me, it's like, I was like, I told the bosses there, I'm like, listen. I don't care if that guy killed anybody. <laughs> You're paying. We're paying this guy to do the job, and he's doing the job well, and he's doing his thing. Yeah. Let's just go on with it, right? But I don't know how cor- corporate stuff works. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we can't. We can't be associated with somebody that's gonna. Ah, uh, yeah. Show a pass, right? So we fire the guy. Two weeks later, after we fire the guy. We get a call. The Scranton brothers. They're, they're the guys that got the trophy for the six-second, 200-mile-an-hour first summit, the Summit Bounty. Scranton brothers calls Turbonetic. Goes, hey, uh, we heard that you guys got rid of Dave. Uh, Dave used to work for us with our Mustang. They run NMRA. And this is the time when NHRA, sport compact scene was, you know, Gatorade, sponsored by Gatorade yeah, yeah, Power, yeah. right? So these guys call Turbonetics saying, this Dave guy used to work for us. And uh, we know everything that he can do. He used to be our crew chief. We've gone, we've gone seven seconds of our Mustang. We want to continue the program. Mm-hmm. Right? So we have another meeting. He's like, hey, uh, some guys from NMRA... Racist Mustang wants to continue the program. But they put a clause in it. We want to continue the program, but we want to drive it. Mm. So here I am. I stopped my program. Me and Lisa stopped our program. We went our own way. Yeah. When we were like close to, you know, we were hot. We yeah. were hot. We were, we were on a momentum. We were good momentum. They come in. They offer that. You know, I gave a proposal and, and Turbo and I took that proposal and I'm like, wait a minute, isn't this weird where we've been working on that car for over a year, spent 300 grand on it, finish it ready for testing. All of a sudden somebody calls in and saying that, Hey, the guy working on your car has a rap sheet. Mm. It was a TMZ. Where did that call... <laughs> yeah. Where did that call come from? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where did that call come from? So I'm like, so these guys show up at Turbonetics, and I'm like, I, literally, I, I gave my resignation there. I, yeah. I quit. Because I'm the type of person that if I don't like you, I'm going to stay away from you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not going to, I can't look you in the eye. If I don't like you, I can't be in the same place. It's I'm just not the type of person who's going to hold back. You yeah, know? I feel you. So that's the time when, when, when I quit that. Uh, Try to get back into the Honda stuff again. This is like 2002. Mm-hmm. 
won a lot of races in 2002, but then GM came up, came in. I'm like, how are you going to compete against these guys? Yeah. Right. So, on top of that, I add it all up. I let my friend drive the Civic, crashes it, Oy. <laughs> wrecks it. And that, that's when I quit. I was like, wait, 2003, I made all this money on Rev Hard. And that's when the housing market started taking off. Yeah. Right? So I got a crash car. I don't want to compete against GM. I have a new baby. Mm. Uh, I just got a new baby, 2003. I said, maybe it's time to walk, time to take the money I made. And uh, I bankrolled it on real estate. Got you. So back then at 2003, 2004, if you have like 50,000 down, you can buy whatever house you want, even though you don't qualify for it. Mm, okay. Right? So 350K, I bankrolled in seven houses. I already owned two. So I bought another seven. That didn't turn out too good. Shit. <laughs> I lost all those houses because it was like the, the mortgage, the rent barely covers the mortgage. So that's when the housing crashed in 2007. Yeah. So I lost nine houses. Oh my god! I lost lost all of them. And and the thing is too, before I took my my all my eggs in one basket and put it in the real estate. Pat Spears, she's like she's like a mom to me. The Spearco intercoolers. Okay. She's my she's my mentor. They're my mentor. Spe and she told me Spearco. Spears. Yeah. Okay. Spearco intercoolers sold to Turbo Netics in 2000, 2001. Okay. But before then, there George Spears is the guy that developed the intercoolers for majority of turbocharging. Got you. Okay. He he wrote the book. Uh, it's all about intercooling. And uh, so Pat Spears is like a mom to me, and she's like, Miles. She's like, I don't think you should take all the money. You should put it back in the business. Don't into Rev don't take your share of it. Don't take your share of, of it and and get into real estate. It's good. It's good to have one or two houses, but don't take everything you have and put it mm. in something that you're not good at. And that's why she's up to this day. It's in my mind, like stick to what you're good at. Yeah. You know, and it's always been designing something, cars, turbo. You know, it's always been. I, I did uh, prototyping for Greddy. Yeah. And and that's when that, that's majority of advice that I give to the young young guys now. It's, it's don't chase the number. If you're doing something you love and you're living and, 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 and you're getting getting by for now, but if you're fabricating, doing something you love, working on cars and it's paying the bills, just keep doing it. My biggest mistake was I chased the number. Yeah. You know, it's like, like, man, I make how much money in turbo kits where I can make 200 grand a house. Here's my 350 and 350 at 200 grand a house times seven, you know. Now, what so was your, the number? What was your idea? What did you, what was your end goal? What did you want? Basically, uh, after you know, buying the seven houses at 50 grand each at 200, 200,000 profit, I could retire. Mm. But man, that was a big mistake because. I should have known something good was going to happen in the Honda scene. Yeah. Because in 2003, 2004, when I quit, I just finished in a couple of years the RSX and the EP3 kits. Yeah. We've sold a couple of hundred kits. 
You know what's funny? I had one of those kits. No you way. You know uh, Reggie from um, from the Valley, San Fernando Valley. Reggie, he had the white Integra, the license plate type was R. Noops. Yeah, well, it was a, it was the clone. It was a Type R clone. Yeah, 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 clone. Yeah, I actually bought that car from him 2011. I bought that car from uh-huh. him. Um, my buddy EJ, uh, Adriano, and him are very good friends. So I, um, uh-huh. EJ was telling me that Reggie was selling the car, case-swapped Integra, uh, Turbo. And I was like, all right, cool. And I ended up buying that car. And it had the Rev Hard kit in it. Kit? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I, I ended up just tearing that whole car apart and just partying it out. Because I have a right-hand drive EG. So I took yeah. all the B stuff out of the EG, put it in the Integra, and then put it into the K. And then I ended up trading that car for an RSX. So <laughs> it, it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was cool, man. Uh, but yeah, I had but one of those I'm, manifolds, yeah. those log manifolds. <laughs> hey, Javier Luarca from Honda, when I yeah. sponsored him back in the days, he made 475 on that log manifold. Really? So yeah, it, it's just... It's funny how just direct, it's not really log manifold, because it's still directional. Yeah. It looks like log from the cast, but the, the, the way it's, it's, it's patterned inside, it's still directional where the turbo comes Got out. Got you, okay. That makes a big difference compared to a log manifold. You know yeah. I mean? No, that's the reason I started RevHard is because I bought a $450 log manifold. <laughs> you know, it, it's directional. It's, but, but yeah, so, you know, it's like when I quit, it was... A combination of all that stuff, the drama and all that stuff, so I quit. But man, looking back into it now, it's like, my dumbass, you sold a couple of hundred turbo kits in the K series. Yeah. This K series stuff was gonna get big. Yeah. You know? Jeremy, Drag Cartel, Norris Prionto, Skunk. You know what I mean? It's like what could have been. What could have been. So you but, mentioned these these companies, um, Drag Cartel. Prayonto, Skunk2, all three of those companies are still doing great to this day. At this day, what what were those brands back then? Were they still up and no. coming? Probably the biggest one there back then was just still Skunk Works. Yeah. Skunk Dave. Yeah. Because they're they're good business people. Yes. Dave is just, you know, something about Taiwanese guys and uh, that has the resources overseas to make parts. You know, yeah. uh, it's only Dave. Jeremy and Prayonto? It's like they wouldn't even get to our class. They're, they'll stick to all motor class. Got you. They can't. They can't touch us in the turbo side. But now they're like, you know, it's yeah. like now they're like big time. Like, but back in that era, they're happy where they're at because they don't want to compete against the turbo guys. Got you. So, but and that's like man. So that's like if I didn't quit 2003, what would have been right? But you know, everything happens for a reason. Because, I mean, I traded, I quit 2003, 2004. So in the last, what's that, 16, 15 years, this is, this is what I traded it for. What are all those two trophies girls. for? Oh, for your, all, for your, oh, those are, are all their girls. trophies? Oh, awesome. Yeah. In all, what? All what are they in? The storage. <laughs> but the, I, I, I'm reflecting back into it now. Yeah, I lost so much by giving up, but I gained this much. Definitely. Because, you know, I, I made a promise when, when I had my first kid that I'm going to be there every step of the way. And and sure enough, it's paying off. It's, it's paid off for my kids. It's, 
I just had one that just graduated college. Congratulations. And uh, I have a 10th grader, two more years. I'm just telling my wife, two more years when she's off to college, I'm either going to go back racing or I'm going to go to Philippines and an island. <laughs> I'm done, right? You need to come so back to racing. Yeah, that's my goal. So I have, you know, I have a couple of projects I'm finishing up for them. Yeah. My my 10th grader, she wants to get into it. I took my my oldest kid back in high school. She 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 had a 400 horsepower Civic. Oh shit. Took her to the racetrack. Yeah. Took her to the racetrack. Uh she went off to college in Washington, but when she came back, man, I don't know, man, like you know, she came back kind of weird from living in Washington for three years, man. Like <laughs> it's a different world she's out like, there, dude. Bro, man, like uh, <laughs> save the planet, and and I keep telling her, you know the, you know the business that fed that fed you and gave you that good life was, you know, not emissions friendly. <laughs> so you know, yeah, it's funny, I think man. She she grew up in a Bernie Sanders state, bro. Like. It's a different world out there. I went to uh, Portland for the first time ever, and culture shock, bro. Culture shock. I, I didn't even feel like I was in the same country anymore. Things are totally my kid, different. My kid moved all the way. This kid, right, she had scholarship for soccer. She busted her knee right before senior season. Oh. She applies for academic. Gets accepted to pretty much every school in California. Yeah. But I made fun of her, of, of I kind of like poked at her about busting her knee because all the scholarship was East Coast. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe it's meant for you to bust your knee because so you don't have to go to school East Coast, right? Yeah. So she applies for academic. She gets accepted to every school in California. And she chose 30 minutes from Canada <laughs> to go to school. Oh, man. Right? I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, but you know... The parenthood, you know, you got to let them. She wants to be independent. So she lives in, in Washington for, for three years, 30 minutes from Canada. Yeah. And drinking age in Canada is 19. Oh, shit. So this kid came back like she can pound it. <laughs> she can pound it. She can pound it. But she came back like nature and save the planet. And But, you know, I'm happy. I mean, yeah. as a parent, you know, I... I I don't. I don't have a bachelor's degree. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's an accomplishment as a parent. You know, definitely. So every time I look at back, look back at what I gave up and what I gained, I think it was. You know, it's meant to be. I mean, well, there's two things, man. You were you were part of something huge, setting the foundation for the industry that myself and so many other young people thrive on. You know, and you were around for the most important times of your children's lives. And that's so much that a lot of people can't say, you know, because yeah. to, to, to make it successful in any business, it takes time. And that time is going to be taken away from somewhere else, you know, yeah. so being there for your children growing up, being there for the soccer games and all the awards and things like that. That's an accomplishment in its own. And there's a lot of people that can't say that, man. And two, yeah, that's what, you're still you know, young. Down to that. You're still young and... I'm old, then, man. Not, not for this. Like Bergenholtz, Bergenholtz said, we're old. Like, <laughs> bro, I, I drank with my kids and her friends last two weeks ago when they came down. Did some vodka shots, yeah. barbecued. Bro, my ankle, I have gout. Yeah. I couldn't walk for two weeks. Oh, shit. No way. Yep. 
I couldn't walk for two weeks. I had to dig up their crutches from soccer and crutch around the house. And I'm like, damn, my kids are tough. They went to school in crutches and I can't even make it around the house. Like, and my wife's like, see, see, you're thinking, you're thinking that, you know, this is like, you know, the import racing days where, you know, you and Frank can drink the cognacs and party like a rock star. Yeah. Because every battle of the imports, bro, that weekend in battle of the imports, it was, Palmdale was a mess. Yeah. All the hotels. In, in all the bars in Palmdale during Battle of the Imports. Yeah. I wish I, I was around for those days, man. That's a, that's somebody that I really want to get on the podcast is Frank Choi, for sure. Frank Choi, yeah. Yeah, I want to get him on here. But one thing that I always say, man, is there's so many industries that you could be in. Uh, you know, any other sport, you know, soccer, baseball, anything like that, skateboarding. How many of the OGs that actually started the community set the foundation and and made what we have today are still around and still relatively young not many you know so there's still room that's why that get guys like kenji they're still thriving you know guys like rodrez that used to work for honda tuning he's still building a car right now there's still guys that are into their early 40s you know mid late 40s and they're still in this industry thriving so there's still a lot of room like i think that that's one thing that we need is we need the ogs in the community yeah so when mike mike i actually talked to mike at the last sema not last one but the previous year i told him i'm building a car for my daughter uh-huh and he's like that might be a good write-up he goes what, what's archie jr and tony doing now right where i was like i was like why you think they'd want to build a car and have you guys, you know, your kids go at it? Like, oh shit. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm like, that's a good idea, but I don't think Tony and all those guys claim their kids, man. They're, <laughs> they're on child support. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, and yet alone build them a car? Like, come on, man. Like, maybe a sponsor kid or something. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm like, but, you know, before my day is done, it looks like, I'm looking at it now telling you all this stuff. CRX saved my life. Yeah. Made a business out of it. Got into kids. I hope before my day is done, I get to see my kids. Hell yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. And one good thing is at the IBOC meet, the annual IBOC meet, I'm not sure which what the date is this year because this year's kind of a wash. I think it's in September or something. But mm-hmm. in, uh, in Irwindale, they actually open up the track that day so you come for the car show and then you could just do like a, a little test and tune kind of thing is he back at Irwindale now uh fontana excuse me fontana oh fontana yeah okay, it's okay. at fontana yeah. but still it's yeah. fun man you come over there park check out the cars walk around and then if you want to do a pass or two you go out there and run a pass and that's that's super exciting yeah so this covid thing actually helped me out is helping me out because i get to focus more on the, the garage yeah and, you know try to finish a project so definitely uh, I, I think it would me, be me awesome parts we're going at it oh uh, i know on, on facebook yeah so I, he's actually one person that i was asking um because parks is my he's kind of my connection between the older generation and the newer generation he kind of falls in the middle of it so i was asking yeah. him some questions about it and then he said you and him were going back and forth about covid and if it's real or not <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you know that's like man i'm like these guys i, I understand where it's coming from we gotta go, get back into the economy and the, yeah. and the ball rolling and everything but at the same time 
you know, he said he's got a wife that works at a hospital yeah. too. And, and my wife's a nurse and she deals with a lot of old people. And in the beginning of this COVID thing, I wasn't, I'm not scared now and I've never been scared of anything. I mean, I've had been yeah. shot at whatever. And, 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 to me, it's like I know where I'm going to end up no matter what happens, right? Yeah. I, I became a born-again Christian, and, and my faith is, is really big. Yeah. And when this started, I'm like, oh, I don't care. You got it. Give it to me, this and that, right? But my wife came home one day, and I told her that mentality, and my wife was like, it's not about you. Yeah. You don't get to make that call if that old person that's, that's uh vulnerable yeah you don't get to make that call if they still want to live their life right and if it's a kid that's vulnerable even my daughter even told me it's not about you how about if i still want to see she's like how about if i still want to go to college yeah right so after that day my mentality on this covid thing started changing like like let's listen because yeah. you know, parts of them always have a government conspiracy, right? Yeah. But, but, damn, we can't just listen for a month. These guys were like two weeks into it, and they're like <laughs> going crazy, you know? Yeah. And it's like just, just, just respect the leaders and and do us they what they ask, and hopefully that'll end. You know, just respect the leaders and just follow what they're asking us to do. That's all I ask for, and yeah. and respect. Respect the people that still wants to live another day. I feel we you. don't know how dangerous this thing is. I mean, you and I, to me, it's like, I don't care. I get it. If I stop breathing tomorrow, we actually have a, an aunt that passed away. Uh, that's when my daughter came out two weeks ago. Oh, wow. And we have an aunt that was at care home. And, and, and she, she just said she couldn't breathe. And then they take her to a hospital one week later. Done. Wow, sorry to hear that, man. In a week, in a week, you know, and that's when me and Parts were going at it. It's like, it's not about you guys. It's not about me. Everybody's got to stop thinking about the me mentality. It's, yeah. it's we don't have the right to decide if that person wants to live or die. No, that's, I, that's my thing. You know? I feel you on it, and um, <clears throat> you know, there's so many different ways to look at it, but I feel like everybody has the right to look at it how they want. And whatever yep. way that they think about it, that's their right. Because no matter how you think about it, how I think about it, there's nothing we can do. Our hands are tied. Yeah. We're we're yeah. to the mercy of the people that control us, which is the yeah. government. We can't open up yeah. because they say that we can't. Whether I like that or whether I don't like that, that has nothing to do with anything. Because if I personally yeah. could make a change, then I would do it. But the only thing that yeah. I can affect is my own my own life and my own circle and yeah there's things that I get upset with or you know conspiracies that I see but there's only so much that I can do and I'm going to try to do the best that I can for my family with the cards that are dealt so yeah. if and that it's means like, yeah it's like they're freaking out in like two weeks like two weeks they're... I'm like come on man like technically you know they're saying they they're concerned for that one person that's not working. Yeah. That one person's not complaining. You know what I mean? Yeah. You guys are the one that's complaining. Uh, you know, it's if you can if you you can't last a month without going out and you don't have nothing saved up for it, you, you 
you gotta arrange your your plan you gotta arrange yeah. your 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 safety net you know that's, that's exactly like, what people are realizing right now the way that i lived life before the way that i thought about things oh we'll be good in a month you know no not when the money stops you're not gonna be good anymore that's why i'm panicking now 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 i'll be like hey parks go ahead and promote freaking <laughs> Like two months into it, I'm like, you're drying up. Okay, now Parks, go ahead. Go, and, turn and, it on. I'm, I'm with you with, with, all, with all your government conspiracy, you know? Yeah. I was like, he and I are going at it, but yeah, I understand. I mean, but we all have our own lives to live. And if I want to promote stay at home, I'll promote stay at home. You promote working, promote working. But I don't want to think beyond that, that there's always a conspiracy about everything. You know yeah. what I mean? If you, if you dig, you'll definitely find something, man. I lost a bunch of probably Chinese friends by posting that, you know, the virus came from China, <laughs> but, you know, but to me, the way I look at it is like, why is the U.S. hurting this much more compared to everybody else? Those, you know what I mean? It's sometimes like, you if don't you wanna... follow the numbers and you fo follow the money trail. Yeah. Sometimes you don't want to ask those deliberate. questions that you don't want the real answers to. It might be deliberate, right? Yeah. So, so Miles, let's talk right. about it, man. Your daughter's about to graduate high school. The other one just graduated from college. Are we gonna see uh, Rev Hard come back? There's uh, space for it. it. The thing is, bro, making a comeback as far as making parts. Uh, I try to like my best friend that started Rev Hard with me. I try to hire him beginning of this year. Yeah. And we started, we, we tried to get it going again, but the technology and the education, the equipment that, that the new, you know, like the Charlie turbos yeah. are, are doing now. Yeah. When I hired my old friend back, I was really planning on starting it back up again, but the stuff, the way we do it, especially RevHard wasn't really a business plan. Yeah. RevHard was kind of just like a, something we stumbled on when yeah. I made the manifold. So the people that made RevHard with me didn't have the proper work ethic training, you know. And so when I got my best friend back, hired him here beginning this year, we started doing the stuff. And I saw the quality of the work. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, bro, you gotta, you can't, you gotta understand when, when we had rev hard, we were it. Yeah. So no matter what we did, even if it was not to the best of our ability, people still took the job to us Yeah. because we were it. Right. So now I, I showed them all the stuff, look, look at Charlie turbos work and, uh, speed factory. Look at all these guys work. It's like, it's an artwork. Yeah. You know? I'm like, it's, you either got to try to get better or, or it's not going to work. So I ended up just sending, sending him back to the Valley. And I told him, you know, what, I'm just, I'll just stick to, to what I'm doing in my garage and sell, you know, one, two kits here and there. But as far as like Revoir getting back into the, you know, to that stuff, I think I, I either got to go back to school or Right now, I have a couple of young guys I, I adopted. I actually, 21-year-old kid called me out of nowhere, lost his parents. His grandma and grandpa's taking care of him. Yeah. 
and uh, grandma and grandpa's trying to push him, do something with your life, do something, you know? So he calls me out of the blue and he goes, hey, you know, my name's Noah. Uh, I want to learn about cars and, you know, I was wondering if, if you have a job for me, like, I'll sweep the floors. Yeah. So I, for some reason that day, I think that's pretty much the day I got rid of my old friends that I started Rev Hard with. And yeah. I said, you know what, come down. I don't have a shop right now. I just closed my shop. I'm doing stuff out of, you know, storage in my garage. Come down, met this guy, lost his, lost his parents, lost his mom. And I started teaching him, and, and, and then I'm like, wait a minute. So, so now my daughter's making videos of us. He gave us a nickname, the Turbo Kid. <laughs> I said, I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna call you the Turbo Kid, and and you can call me uh, Turbo Miyagi. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're trying to make a content out of this, and it's just, it's it's a it's a fun. It, it's it, it's hilarious, bro. I, I, I'll start. I'm trying to learn how to. My daughter's making videos. Yeah. It's hilarious if you if you look up that uh. She just made a video I posted about the Errol Adam project, and this kid would like ask me stupid questions yeah. out of nowhere, and and I would I'm I'm a sarcastic person. I'm just and and it comes out to be a good video. Like yeah. like one time I was cutting something in a machine, and he's like, "Miles, Miles, is that sharp?" Like <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I was like in the camera at me. I was like, "This thing that's cutting the metal is it sharp?" I was like. <laughs> I was like, so, but going back to that point, I have a couple of guys right now trying to help me out. Yeah. If we make Rev Hard out of it, uh, they definitely want to make a race team. We're going to make a race team out of it. But as far as manufacturing parts, I'm trying to teach them all the stuff that I was lazy on that I didn't pay attention to detail on. And hopefully they learn something. And, and, you know, it's like, I'm not after the numbers no more because yeah. I know whatever days I have left, I want to leave somebody what, what I left there and here. Definitely. You know? Yeah. So those kids, it, it, it's going to be fun. Hopefully they're like, yeah, we got to build a race team. So that one car that I'm trying to finish my, my for my daughter. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a learning experience. Very cool, man. I definitely want to keep in touch with you um, because I want to see you out at some of these events. I think it would be really good to have uh, yourself and some of the other OGs come through and just check out what we've built, man. You know, I'm I'm very yeah. proud of the community that we have to this day from the race community, from the, the, the drag community, from the car show community. Um, it, it's a beautiful thing and there's a lot of people that are thriving and this is this is their life, you know, and I would love for you to come out there and check it out and then just still be a part of it, man. We, we would love to yeah, have so, you back. Uh, we, I, we, we finished the motor for split second for Paul Bakika, yellow CRX. We took to IFO last, last IFO Royce in Bakersfield. Okay. And Archie, Archie Madrasso drives it. Okay. And, and, and the funny thing is, you know, it's like, I take Archie there and, and we're in the pits and we don't get that, we don't get that special treatment no more. Like yeah. back in the days, you know, we got our own lane. <laughs> and, and, and so enough. And, and so we're in the pits and, and, and Speed Factory cuts mm. us off. Yeah, as they would. <laughs> and, 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 and I was just like, you know, motherfucker, whatever. Like, like, he's like, this, this guy's no freaking, we started this gangster shit. Like, yeah, you need to let <laughs> him know. Like, arts, arts. You know, like, arts. <laughs> 
We're only in the eleven. We're only in the eleven fifty index. <laughs> you know, let those. They're the pros. They're the pros now. You know, let, let you know. And and funny is like, Speed Factory just posted something on their IG about FMUs and check valves and all. Yeah. And somebody mentioned Revhard in there, and like, oh, Revhard, like, cast manifolds, like. I was like, hey, that feels pretty good. They they know who Revhard is, but you know they're. Yeah, well, if cast manifolds, fa fast those guys are going. If cast manifolds were still making power, they would have definitely copied your manifold as well. But uh, yeah, hey, Kenny Tran went nines with it. Nice. Kenny Tran, Kenny Tran went nines with a cast manifold. Wow. So, that, and that's like in two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah, it was, that was like in two thousand yeah. ninety nine. He went he went nine nine sixty on a cast manifold. So. Good yeah. shit, man. Well, Miles, I, I really appreciate your time, man. I appreciate this conversation. And I look forward to seeing you at some of these events in the near future. Cool, cool, man. Yeah. Thank you for the history lesson, bro. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, I told you uh, we got Tony Jr. when, when this COVID thing. Yeah. COVID thing is uh, when we can finally go back out, uh, they're, they're willing to uh, we'll probably drive down where you're at and you know what? I think that that would be a cool uh, a, a group setting. Um, since we have this downtime, I actually want to hit all the guys separately, and then so we can all become familiar with each other. And then I would love to do a group sit down just to hear some old stories because I oh, know man, one guy starts talking, then it'll oh yeah, I remember that, and then it's just gonna be something great. And like I told you, I I don't know what it is, but I'm the only guy that can gather a bunch of big heads like that. Hell in one yeah. Room. And back then, these guys would like be like, we were fighting for that belt. And at one time, Archie was like, "Well, you got the belt." He goes, "Well, freaking, let's just box for that belt." <laughs> you got the belt. Let's just box for it. You know? And it's yeah. like, I was like, "Oh man!" Like, I love it, man. So, so uh, Miles, where can everybody find you at? Uh, iRevHard.com, and then I started a, a turbo kit for for. Just the nine gen Hondas uh, under map speedcom Okay. Uh, and right now, uh, right now it's just all homemade stuff. And what about uh, social yeah. media? Uh, social media, I got uh, I rev hard. I rev hard. Okay, cool. We'll we'll go ahead and list it uh, when we post this up. And uh, man, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. It was an awesome convo. Thanks, Frank. Yeah, of course. So cool. And uh, thank you guys all for listening. And big shout out to our sponsor, Heel Toe Automotive. They've been around since 2002, supplying you guys with all the Honda parts that you need. Uh, make sure you guys check them out at heeltoeauto.com. And uh, check out Miles. We'll have his Instagram listed below. And uh, thank you guys for listening. This is Downtime with Downstar, episode 171. And we're out. Peace.